Welcome to Not the Worst Pastors Podcast with my dad, Matt, and his friend, James, talking about real relevant things and sharing feelings. <laughs> Welcome to Not the Worst Pastors Podcast. I am Matt Coyne, alongside James Gomez. James, we're going to be quick again this week, but I do want to hear, how are you doing? I am doing fantastically, <laughs> as always. That is good. Fantastically. Okay, that's good. That's good. Well, like I said, we don't want to waste time. We hope you were able to join in last week uh, to hear Michelle and Brittany and their journey on uh, that they've gone through through their lives. And we are going to pick it right back up. So don't worry. You don't have to hear from James and I this week. Mm. So let's pick <laughs> let's pick up uh, where Brittany and Michelle left off last week. Did you have parents who struggled with mental health also? Or were you kind of feeling on your own as a kid dealing with anxiety? Well, in my ho- household, I I lived under the notion that I did not want anybody to know how sad I was. So I don't think, and I I, I could ask my parents, I guess, I don't think they realized how difficult it was to be me. I don't think I ever really started telling people how difficult it has been to be me until the past couple of years. Besides, I have some, my Minnesota besties, they knew, um, but they knew because we were in that type of relationship where we could really just air things out. And so until I met certain people that really understood and until the last few years, I haven't really said all a lot of those dark things that have been in my head. Um, I'm starting to now because I'm seeing how it's playing into f- my faith. Um, there was a time in not that long ago where it, I had a very dark. I was in a very dark place. Um, And it's like one of those moments where you just don't know. (laughs) You just don't know if it's worth fighting anymore. And in that moment, when I wanted to be done, I still can see this vision of it was like me being just overtaken by just evil and gross and bad but I was like in my mind, I was like reaching up and it was, and I could just feel God touching me, just a little touch. But it, and I always take that back to my mustard seed side size faith. It's like he did not let me go. I was holding on by a thread, but there's a reason there's a reason I'm still here and I I do feel very strongly about people getting mental health help and others not only getting mental health help but I think that something James says that is different about me than a lot of other people he sees is well and it's because he sees my fight and my drive but everybody I want people struggling 
to feel worthy of themselves, to fight for themselves. It's really hard to pick yourself up off the couch and out of that valley. And it's a lot of work and it's exhausting, but just keep, you know, I just, I want people to just keep fighting for themselves just for those, those moments of peace are they're They're going to be worth it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that, Michelle. I know yeah. how, I, I do personally know how hard that that is because that's, that's a struggle that, that I fight with every day that I still, I, I know my dad is probably listening to this. So sorry, dad, I didn't tell you this personally. Um, my parents still to this day do not know or understand how difficult it was just to exist for many years. And I can really resonate with you saying you're, you know, you're going through the, the therapy with one of your own children and you watch them grow with these coping techniques. And that's sort of where we're at. Um, our daughter is far too young to be medicated in, in our mm-hmm. opinion, but we are, anytime I feel, because that's, that, that is another one of the lies that our enemy reminds me of is how big of a failure I am. Not only because I struggle with this and I have my entire life, but now I've also passed it on to my children, you know? So that's huge. That is, that is a huge. Hey, I, before you go on the look at, I know nobody else can see it, but my shirt says world's okayest mom today for that very reason. (laughs) Yes. I'm, I am not the world's worst mom. I'm not the worst mom, not the worst wife. And you're the world's okayest mom. Yeah. You are the perfect mom for your children. And I am so thankful that my husband is usually the one because he's the one, you know, Matt is the one who sees the struggle every day. He is the only one with very few exceptions, if any, now that I'm saying it out loud, who sees every part of the struggle. He is the one who experiences the sleepless nights. He's the one who watches the tears fall. He's the one who has to get the crazy text messages while he's just trying to do his job, which is a heavy, mentally heavy job in the first place. And I'm sending him text messages like, oh boy, good luck coming home today. Just buckle up because it's a rough day here. He's the one who experiences all of that. So he's always so tender and so good about knowing me very well and being able to tell me in those moments where I'm like, oh, I gave her this. I I am literally the one who gave her this thing that I have struggled with for my whole life and it is so exhausting. He reminds me of the deep blessing that it is that she has a parent who knows exactly what she's feeling like and can help her learn now how to properly deal with this lifelong struggle so that she has a really good leg up mm-hmm. for the bigger, harder, tougher things that are coming her way. Mm-hmm. And when I pause out of my spiral and think about it, I am so grateful that this tiny human who has the biggest heart and is so full of compassion that things affect her so deeply that they wreck her, has somebody who is like, I know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. And your feelings are real, 
but those thoughts are not. Mm -hmm. That is something really difficult for someone who has not personally experienced it to even wrap their mind around. I know logically what is reality and what is not. That does not stop my brain from having a different response to it. And when you are not you know, my biggest struggle with my faith walk with anxiety has been that people who have physical ailments, like you said, that there are some days when I wish that it was something someone could see mm-hmm. because I, like you, it, I assume that a third party looking at me, watching me interact within the church, at the grocery store, getting a coffee with my children, they would never look at me and say, this person struggled to even exist today. They would look at me and say, they have such a happy marriage. Look at those sweet kids. All the church is all around them. They have friends. Life is good. And they're not wrong. I have all those things and life is good. But it took every ounce of energy that I had to even exist today. And you can't see it. So when you can't see it, you assume that it is not there. And we're all guilty of it. Mm-hmm. I, that's that's human nature. But there are many days when I wish I, someone would just see me. So I take extra care and extra time to truly see people in our ministry and within our families and within our friend circle to truly see someone because there were very precious few people who I felt like truly saw me over these many years journeying with struggling with my mental health. And a lot of that is on me. I don't feel comfortable sharing it. It is easier to play a part and hide that part of myself until I can feel that comfortability. I'm not lying to anyone. I am who I am. But there are parts of me, layers of me that I just don't reveal from jump because I'm awkward enough naturally. You would just feel even more awkward if I hit you with all this. Surprise. Right? Awkwardness. I wish that the church that preaches from the pulpit to love like Christ would see folks who are struggling like me just to exist that day and meet me where I'm at without trying to fix it because it's not broken. And that is, if I could get one thing across to people who have a desire to better understand how to have a relationship with someone who struggles with mental health, it would be to stop trying to fix them. If they are in a position where they need help, encourage them to seek professional help so that they can actually recover and learn the skills that they need to walk a healthier mental life. But your responsibility having a relationship with a person who struggles with mental health is to love them exactly as they are and encourage them throughout their journey to seek their mental health in whatever way that looks for them. They are not something broken 
that needs fixed. This is not something you will pray away just like, now don't, don't mishear me, friends. I know that we serve a God who can still perform miracles and does all the time. I don't, I don't believe that is not something that he, the almighty, all-powerful, omnipotent God can and will do and is promised to us. I believe that wholeheartedly. But it is not likely that you will pray away mental health. It is not likely that you will pray away cancer. It is not likely that you will pray away any kind of disease in another body. It is likely, though, that that person is going to see how you treat them, that that person is going to see how you interact with them, that they are going to feel your prayers and your love. Let them be sincere and let them be, I love you just as you are. You know, you, you mentioned cancer, Michelle. And that's usually the one that comes to my mind, too, because I feel like when somebody has that big, scary diagnosis, it's like the entire community rushes them with extra love, extra support. I'm here for you. Let me listen. I've experienced this within my family. I lost someone to cancer. That's usually the big one, right? That's that's your hot button disorder, disease, illness, monumentally changing dynamic within a family is that big, scary C word. If we took the same attitude toward mental health issues... I I don't have data to back this up, listeners, but my inclination is to think that an equal or exceeding amount of families have experienced a loved one who has mental health issues. They have experienced someone who has been hurt. They have experienced someone who is deeply sick, who has a part of their brain that needs medication, that needs counseling, that needs support, that needs love, that does not need you to fix them or pray it away it needs you to love them like Christ loves them. That's what we're called to do. And I have had many moments in sharing a, a ministry life with my husband that I have been so deeply hurt by the church, having an unrealistic expectation of who I am and not loving me for who I am. So much so that I have considered changing pharmacies because we do small town ministry. I have considered changing pharmacies because I don't want someone who goes to the church to possibly see that I have to take a medication to I hate that help so me. much too when I have to pick it up at the pharmacy. It's like, oh, my secret's out. Yes. Oh, the crazy um, ladies here to pick up her crazy meds. And that's not, that is so far from reality, but it doesn't change that that's the feeling that comes along with it. And that is I, really hard. I wanted to go off of like when you were, you said a couple things. One, I already forgot, but when it comes to the church and mental health. Oftentimes, some of the things I like to say right away to somebody that has opened up to me is that they're not going to scare me with anything they have to say, because chances are I've already thought them myself mm -hmm. because I've been to some bad places. That, And I encourage them, if they're angry at God, to tell him because he's big enough to handle that also. Oftentimes we are we are going right to praying for you and doing those types of things. And people are afraid 
to say they're angry. And it's okay to get that to get that out. Um, kind of circling all the way back to the pastor that I had talked to who encouraged me to open up more about mental health. And I did not like the do not be anxious about anything verse. There was a, I seem to have like some very significant, like through my mental health journey, I'll go along pretty good. Dip down, then I come back up. And sometimes, well, this instance I'm referring to now has a lot to do with Im- improperly weaning off of medication. Um, I'm, I've learned I'm very, very sensitive and I have to do things at a much slower pace than the average bear. And we didn't know that at this time. Mm-hmm. And it was very difficult. And my poor husband as well has gotten the the crazy text or I need help and the sobbing on the floor over ridiculous things because another great thing I do is in actual real life tragedies, I am your girl. You want me there. I am level-headed. I am fantastic. And I don't like to say great things about myself. So that's saying a lot. But the made up things in my mind that caused me to wake up from a deep sleep having a panic attack are just ridiculous. Like the things that cause me anxiety sometimes are so, they would sound ridiculous if I gave you a list. But that being said, in this particular instance, it was, it had been a series of very bad days. And we homeschooled at that time too. So I'm, was also had little children at home. And the verse about not being anxious about anything and instead pray, I hated it. But then I went on to find out later in the verse, it goes on to talking about guarding your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And so I kind of, I flipped, I flipped my focus on that verse Mm -hmm. and I was laying in the basement on the floor (laughs) And I took parts of the verse that said to guard my heart and mind. And I just asked God to just guard these ridiculous, horrible, mean thoughts and fears that are coming into my mind. Don't let them pass and just let the things that you want in. And as I started to do that, I didn't cringe so much at the verse any longer or some of the other things people would try to say to me to make me feel better. And I have since tattooed that on my wrist because it's a scar from something I very much have. I, you know, when you, when you go through something, you always have. There's always a part of it there, and that's okay because it it reminds me where I was and where I am now mm-hmm. and what I made it through in those moments. And then it does remind me sometimes when I'm my mind starts going into this weird place, I'm like, okay, God, you got to take this. You got to take this. You got to lock the door to my brain and then unlock the things that need to come back through. So 
Yes. I think that is really solid advice from someone who has been there. Um, for me, I've heard so many times, do you know how many times the Bible says to not have fear? Yes, I'm aware. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, oh, now I'm magically cured of my anxiety because you told me that the Word of God tells me not to fear. I know what it says, but I'm not wired that way. It also tells me that He loves me without fail and without question, just the way that I am. And oh, I had. Oh, go, go ahead. I, I have now. I remember something that you you had said when you were talking about you can't pray away. And, you know, not you most likely will not be able to pray certain things away. And James has asked me something very similar. He said, do you believe that God could perform a miracle and take away your anxiety and depression? And I've forgotten. To, well, I mentioned briefly, but I recently within the past year have started to be treated for well, now it's all just under the ADHD realm, but um, more specifically ADD, which has a really great component of anxiety ADD, which I could go on for three, four hours about what a life changer being treated for that has been. Like that could be a whole nother topic. But James asked me specifically, do you believe God could perform a miracle and take away your mental health issues. And yes, I do. But I told him, I don't believe that he is going to do that for me. I believe that it has been, it's my thorn mm -hmm. and it keeps me hyper aware to our children, to people around me that I would not have otherwise seen. And I'm, oddly okay with being given this now because it is so impactful in so many people's lives and it's still quite hidden and it's still when it comes to education, when it comes to work, when it comes to relationships, things would fall in place better the more open we are to working with our mental health issues. You can be the smartest person in the world, but that panic attack is not going to get you out of bed to, to perform the surgery or do the scientific experiment. And so I'm oddly okay that, that I, I strongly believe he's not going to take this one from me. And this is, this is my thing to walk through the world with and to hopefully help a person or two. And as James will remind me, all of our children are becoming the fantastic adults they are because of different things that they've have experienced. And as much as I hated, hated it for some, some of the instances, I don't know if they would be, I, I admire them and they're, they're almost more mature than I think I'll ever be. And 
I think it's a combination of being hyper aware of their needs and taking care of those so that the other parts of them can shine bright too. Mm-hmm. And people that have issues like you and I, um, we are strong and we are, I think we're, we're needed to just help bring along those people that are afraid to admit they need help or afraid that they need to find help for their children. I think we just need to keep that conversation open um, and make them think of it just like going in for strep throat. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think it's funny you kept saying I'm oddly okay with it because (laughs) it's not odd to me because I'm absolutely okay with it because the position I have now taken with my mental health struggle is one of he will work all things together for my good and to give him glory. And there are so many people who struggle with this, even in my own home, that I I have really started to look at it as a gift. That's right. I stopped Brittany in the middle of a sentence. I'm sorry, everyone. But don't worry. We'll be back here next week for week three of three with Brittany and Michelle as they continue to talk about their journey with mental health and how it connects with the church and everything in between. So I hope you can join us back here next week with Not the Worst Pastors podcast as Not the Worst Wives finish out their series. Have a blessed week and we'll see you back here next week. Bye.